So, Charlie, uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and I guess uh, for our, our lovely listeners out there, something about me, something I recently completed was a 72-hour water fast in which I was not able to eat food. I was only able to drink water, with the exception of, I guess, the first day I was able to consume 32 ounces of bone broth separated over the course of two sittings, so 16 ounces and 16 ounces, and then I was able to have like one helping of electrolytes each morning uh, for day two and day three. But all I was able to do was drink water for three days, basically, and I learned more about myself. Oh, so you only drank water. Yes, only drank oh, water. I thought you were yeah, like, you like... didn't drink water for three days? I'm like... Dude, I think you're going to die. <laughs> I think that would probably be a little bit more dangerous than the other one. Yeah, no. It was, um, I'm not going to lie, it was my sister's idea. I don't know if it was coming from a place of this is going to be good for us or this is what people are doing on TikTok. So, you know, naturally, <laughs> what? with that kind of uh, But, like, what's the it, point? You know? Like, you're not a guy who needs to fast for three days. Charlie, stop! You're too kind. You're too kind. Uh, no, I just kind of wanted to see, like, mentally, could I, could I do it? I also wanted to see, like, what the effects were of like going without food, because I guess the longest I'd ever gone before then was like 24 to like 30 hours. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, very blessed to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. But gosh, darn man, I understand so much more. Like your energy by day three, I'm not gonna lie. Actually, day three, there's like a little resurgence. Day two, trash trash yeah. i was just lying around and we'd specifically done it over the weekend so i guess it, we like stopped eating on friday night and we're able to start eating again on monday night so my whole weekend was just and it was super bowl weekend too so while everybody was just you know enjoying some apps i was enjoying some you water. were fighting demons but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm telling you i was like People were like, did you do that for, re- for religious re- reasons? And I said, no, but I was either getting closer to God or getting closer to death. Something was coming up on me with a quickness. It was... Whew, That's brutal, man. I, trying I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't think you're ever going to do that again. You say that now, but I definitely have since done a 48-hour fast. And then I was just like, I got to do it. I don't know what it is. I'm a glutton for punishment. I just... I, I hate it in the moment, but when it's done, it's like, oh, I got to get back up in there. So... Maybe like next year we'll try it again. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just better to like, you know, eat uh, <laughs> uh, small amounts multiple times a day. You know. Okay, that this sounds like a normal diet. Normal, normal <laughs> diets. You know. <laughs> okay, okay. Trust me. One day, maybe I'll make you a believer, bud, and you'll give it a go. Fair, fair. Perfect, perfect. But yeah, just wanted to share about my experience, people. And with that, we're actually going to kick it off. This is the crowning episode. The time has come. The episode we wait eagerly for. I guess there's also a part two to this when it's actually, you know, Oscar time. But that's right. We're talking Oscar nominations and predictions. This year has been particularly noteworthy in the lead up to the big night with the expected contenders racking in the nominations while there are picks that seem to be guaranteed but were snubbed. So for the sake of time, we're not going to go through all of our predictions, but we'll highlight some of the major categories. Before we dive into it, Charlie, I just have forgot to say to the people, what is up? And welcome to the What You Got podcast, where we talk topics A to Z and everything in between, but mainly movies. Um, I guess to start off, I just kind of wanted to know what, you know, what is that movie that you're most interested in seeing throughout the night pop up? Or maybe it's just one film doesn't have to be for a good reason or a bad reason, but what film do you have your eye on throughout this ceremony? And so with that, Charlie, 
kicking it off to you. What you got? Like, so the movie that I think is, you know, I'm happy to just see. Just one give... film you're like, you just want to watch, like what you're watching out for. Like one that you, has you particularly. Okay. Maybe, so uh, for me, you know, I think curious. it's poor things. That's like my, mm. uh, that's like, as we're going to find out, I think that movie's going to win a lot of awards, you know. Um, I could also see, you know, the Dark Horse in the Killers of the Flower Moon. So I'd, uh, I'd like to, you know, see some awards given towards Scorsese. So we'll, uh, okay. in his, in his, in the wonderful work of uh, the cast and crew on uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. But what about you, there, Palmer? I have but one movie that I'm actually truly curious. Okay. About. And Charlie, it's in a category that it should win. Listen to me, it should win. But as we've reviewed in the, during this podcast, there is another film in the category that apparently people love that I did not necessarily love that could possibly knock it out. And I'm going to stop, you know, being coy here. I'm talking about the movie I'm excited to see or find out about is uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Oh yes. But in the animated feature, like category film is, um, or film category is the boy and the heron. So mm-hmm. I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, animated films, so I will hold off for now, but I just want to see kind of if it's able to hold its own. Alrighty. Alrighty. Okay, Palmer, where should we get started with these award nominees? I guess you want to get started with the supporting actors, much like we do in the uh, standard evening progression? Supporting actors. Let's hit it. Let's do it. So actors in a supporting role. The nominees are Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. All right, Charlie. Who you got winning this? First off, are there any snubs? Let's ask that question. Supporting role? Hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of any like supporting roles that I think could have been snubbed. Um, nothing is coming to mind. I have seen all of these movies uh, for the supporting roles. Um, so I'm familiar with everybody's performance here. Um, and I think everybody here definitely deserves to be nominated. I don't think there's like a weird kind of like nomination that was thrown on here. Um, now I haven't seen like every movie like this year, especially in even like all the ones for best picture. So I can't determine whether or not there's like another actor who's in a supporting role that kind of got snubbed. But, uh, yeah, for me, no snubs for this one. What about you there? Paul? Okay. Snub free. I I would agree. This is actually I've seen like like you all of these movies. I think it's a great collection of talent. I really enjoyed actually. Now I'm looking at everybody's performance. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be hotly hotly contested. Although I have a feeling I know who the at least the front runner slash favorite is for the time being. Yeah, I'm curious to know who that is because I haven't actually looked to see who the potential front runners are. Um, uh, I think. I mean, there's a lot of really great performances, and even as I'm like looking at this, I'm like second guessing what I was about to say like five seconds ago. <laughs> um, for me, though, truthfully, I, I might have to give this to Robert Downey Jr. And there was I would too. Uh, yeah, because I do I do think he was the best performance in Oppenheimer. Like his character, was, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was better than Killian Murphy. Um, wow. And I just thought he was the best. He had the best performance in the movie. Um, I really liked everyone's performance here, especially Mark Ruffalo. Um, I really oh, liked him in Poor Things. Fantastic. Um, 
but I don't know. I, Robert Downey Jr. was just very captivating in Oppenheimer as a uh, Herr Strauss or Strauss or something, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think if I had to pick someone, it'd be RDJ. Okay, RDJ. I agree too. I think he's just kind of been racking them, racking in the awards this particular season. Um, and I think he is the the front runner. But I'm not gonna lie, a, a performance that I thought was subtle but also very impactful was Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction. Yep. I was like, it, he kind of played against his typical. I mean, he was still kind of like soft spoken, but he was just like just an a hole, bro. But like, <laughs> you couldn't help but kind of like. Yeah, him. he was a bit so, of an f boy, you know. Guy was a guy who was definitely had a lot of like familial, but he a lot of like familial problems in uh, American fiction, like you know, and he played it well. He did. He that was a really yes. great performance by him. And uh, I mean, everyone here really. I mean, I, I you could even make an argument for Ryan Gosling and Barbie, just because truth, truth. Uh, and early on, like in the award, like before I saw, I guess I saw Oppenheimer before I saw Barbie, but like seeing Barbie and. It's supposed to be this kind of like comedic role where he's mm-hmm. just the sidekick, but Ryan Gosling held his own, and I thought he really not carried the movie, but like I, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah, thought it was very inspired. He's got range. He does. Uh, he does well with drama and comedy. Yeah, you don't see too many of those. You don't see too many of those. But do you have? So is Ruffalo your dark horse for this? Yeah, I'd probably put Ruffalo as my dark horse for uh, supporting role. You know, just okay. kind of like a sneak that win kind of grab. Um, Because I thought he was really great. And also another, like, kind of comedic role, and he played it well. So Absolutely. A very different role for him, so I I like that. Yeah, and if you all are listening and have not listened to our episode on Poor Things, please go on back. It's a a good one. It's a good one. But okay, uh, let's transition on over to uh, Actress in a Supporting Role. The nominees are, I feel like so official when I say that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Emily Blunt Oppenheimer. Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira, Barbie, Jodie Foster, Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. I'm not going to lie, when it comes to this particular category, I think it's the one I've seen the least in. I've only seen two of the five films. Same here. I have not. I've only seen two of the five. This is going to be tough. I mean, America Ferreira, you know, I'm not really... Like to me, like that was like I know she was in the movie. I just don't mm. think she was like at her role was as impactful. Uh, so like, I don't know. I. But the thing is, like Emily Blunt, yeah, I've, like great performance, but also kind of like a minimal. Yeah, it wasn't absolutely. It's like unfortunate because there's so many other like it's an ensemble cast, and in both cases, mm-hmm. so other people are like not say outshining them, but their role isn't necessarily catered towards them. Yeah. kind of carrying anything or being in the spotlight like that yeah i mean i i, I still need to see these other movies at the holdovers is on the list for this weekend to get Absolutely. that watched um with it yeah and uh and I, holdovers looks great i mean it's gotten a lot of nominations and i remember seeing trailers for it and i'm like that looks like a fun kind of like some movie to like you know for the holidays um because i think it came Absolutely. out around the holidays so it did, and actually, it was one of our family friends. It was her favorite movie of the year. I was like, "Wow, that's that's high praise." High praise. High praise. She's a, yeah, and she's a, 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 like a very avid movie watcher. So I was like, "High praise indeed." High praise indeed. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So it's hard, but if you had to make a prediction now, I don't know. I don't even know who like is winning like the front runners. Like, 
you know, if Oppenheimer's nominated for a bunch of things, I can maybe see like Emily Blunt just like, you know, taking more awards home for Oppenheimer. If Oppenheimer has the night that like it's going to win everything, um, which I don't think it's going to do, by the way. Um, no, this is a kind of a stacked year. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, so I can see that happening. I could see them giving it to American Ferrera to kind of give like some acting nom- like winner to Barbie. Um, okay. So I can see that happening, but I can't really speak too much on uh, the other performances. What about you? Do you happen to know who the front runner is for this? Uh, For this, I am flying blind right now. Uh, Just because I'm pretty sure Divine Joy Randolph is the one from. um, Oh my gosh, Only Murders in the Building, right? I'm almost positive. Um, is she a police officer? I'm a fan. Yes, yes. Okay, she's my favorite. That's that's boom. It's over. It's done. That's okay. I'm, I'm picking. Done. Dunzo for Jordan. But yeah, this is gonna be one to to watch. I'm Definitely one to watch on this supporting uh, uh, role for actors. Uh, I don't even. I hadn't even heard of Nyad. So with yeah, uh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, me neither. So, I mean, Jodie Foster's in it, so you know it's got to probably be pretty good. She kind of reminds me of, like, a Frances McDormand in that, like, she'll be in these, like, random roles but get nominated and, like, movies you don't necessarily know about, so. Yeah, that is actually an interesting comparison, like, Frances McDormand, yeah. Um, Jodie Foster's currently leading in, or, like, one of the co-leads in uh, the True Detective season, which I have not started, but I really want to. Nor have I. I haven't started it either. I've heard, like interesting takes but i won't i won't tell you any of them i like the on. i mean true detective season one was probably some of the best television ever uh season three was pretty good season two we don't talk about season two <laughs> exactly um season three was pretty that. good though like it's good a lot better than two not as good as one but solid television on its own right um and then i have not seen night country which i guess would be season four so um mm. But I, I'm curious because it looks interesting because it's like set in Alaska and I love that like small town murder mystery kind of stuff and you know I'll let the man cook you know as they say yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely I've never seen any of the True Detectives so definitely watch season one and three mythology. okay that's what everybody says just go one and three skip two you're fine mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like okay good to know good to know oh man okay I guess moving right along to actor in a leading role All nominees right. are. Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Coleman Domingo, Rustin, Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Whew, okay. Kind of a, once again, a loaded uh, loaded field. Uh, what, you, what you got there, bud? Who you got? Um, okay. So, pretty loaded field. I don't really know who's going to win. Um... Because I do think that Leonardo DiCaprio was snubbed from actor in a leading oh, role okay. uh, for Killers okay. of the Flower Moon. I think that was one of his better performances in uh, a long time, or like one of his better performances mm-hmm. just in his like film career. Um, certainly better performance than The Revenant, in my opinion. Um, oh, a hundred and ten percent. So. Like, this might be, like, his performance in Close to the Flower Moon might be on, like, par with, like, his Wolf of Wall Street performance. So it's just, like, kind of wild to me that, like, he wasn't even nominated for this movie. Um, 
So, but that being said, I still haven't seen the holdovers or Rustin or Maestro or Maestro, you know. Bradley Cooper usually does a pretty good job. And, you know, people seem to like Bradley Cooper. I haven't heard too much buzz around Maestro, though. Me neither. Um, and Bradley's kind of like a, like a Peter O'Toole, like a always a bridesmaid, never a bride, like a Glenn Close, if you will. Like, <laughs> you want to see them win, but gosh darn it, it's like every time they're up again, somebody else just comes in and mm-hmm. grabs it from them. Um, then for Jeffrey Wright and Killian Murphy, you know, Killian Murphy, I thought was pretty good in Oppenheimer. Um, I mean, I can't really say, I don't want to like say too much about Oppenheimer because like, I want to save that for like our discussion on Oppenheimer. Um, but and Jeffrey Wright, I thought was excellent in American fiction. Um, so like, it's hard to say. I can see Paul Giamatti winning, even though I haven't seen the holdovers. I can see him winning. Okay, just kind of like one of those, like kind of like uh, Anthony Hopkins with the father a couple of years ago, like just coming out of nowhere. Yeah, just kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, I'd like to see Jeffrey Wright for this. I think that'd be fun to, like, I think it'd be nice to see, because I thought his performance was really great in American Fiction, and I liked that movie a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it's a good movie um, with really great performances. Um, I'm trying to think, like, between Killian Murphy and Jeffrey Wright, who did I think had, like, a better performance out of those two that yeah. I've seen? I'd probably lean towards Jeffrey Wright. Uh, but I haven't, uh, like I said, seen uh, the other three movies. So. Okay, okay, fair. fair. We'll check back in with you after you have, or maybe after all this is done and then later on down the road. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, the only thing that always comes to mind for me is that the Oscars, like, the Academy loves a good, like, biopic they do you can just depict somebody and just get in their skin then you have the leg up when it comes to they do like that some of these awards so it's like biopics and old hollywood movies they also like it when like actors you know do a lot of like physical like changes like killian murphy like lost a ton of weight to play uh oppenheimer um so i could see that because i I think they gave that to like christian bale for like a couple of roles, like for Vice, when he like put on like eighty pounds That's or something. Crazy. Um, yeah. Or or uh, um uh, what's that other movie with like an all star cast that came out around the time when like Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper were like the mega stars of Hollywood. Oh, American Hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. He, he was in there too. He also put on like thirty pounds for that. Um. And his wife apparently after Vice was like, no more body, like no more transformations. I'm done. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it. <laughs> Cannot be good for your health for so long. Oh, gosh. Who do you have okay, for this? So Sorry. I got to think I got to give it to, no, you're so good. I think I got to give it to Killian. Although I want to see, I want to see Jeffrey. And I think I'm in your camp when it comes to once I see the holdovers, I'll be a Paul Giamatti believer. So yeah. Yeah. But I think Killian's going to win it. Yeah, I don't know what Rustin is, to be honest. That, I, yeah, that flew under the radar. I knew I knew that um, whatchamacall was getting a whole lot of, uh, like, there's a lot of buzz around Coleman Domingo, but I, I, I wasn't super, like, it's about aware of it. MLK? Hmm. Oh, JK, JK. That's the one where it's, like, uh, on Netflix, I think, was the original. So I did. Oh. Huh. I think it was like a speechwriter or something for MLK. He's an advisor to MLK and dedicates his life 
for you know racial equality, human rights. But he how he's also apparently the character was openly gay. Um, so yes. I guess it like tackles that, and I guess the 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 synopsis, like the quick little Google thing, says like. Bayard Rustin, uh, advisor to MLK Jr., dedicates his life to the quest for racial uh, equality, human rights, and worldwide democracy. However, as an openly gay black man, he is all but erased from the civil rights movement he helped build. Hmm. Interesting. Jeffrey Wright is also in this movie. <laughs> Dang. You know, sometimes like you hit like a certain kind of like some actors are just in multiple films. Like, like I feel mm-hmm. like what year was it? Somebody was in like three movies. Also, the one year where um, Scarlett Johansson was nominated for two, she was in Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, and there's I feel like something else was like going good for her. I was like, oh uh, yeah, she was, and uh, she had a big year that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Speaking of Scarlett Johansson, speaking of actresses and leading roles, um, <laughs> the nominees for this year are Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. You got Sandra Hewler, I'm praying I, I'm saying that right, for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Okay, Charlie, I'll let you kick this one off. Lily Gladstone, I think, will probably be the winner um, for think. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think all her performance was pretty dang good in in that movie um and she, i think she's been winning a lot of the awards uh for a- actress in a leading role so i can see her winning the oscar um i think the runner-up would might be emma stone uh for poor things i agree yeah she might be like the dark horse although this actually this category there was a lot of controversy because of the um Passover, I guess is there a lack of nomination for um oh my gosh, Margot Robbie in Barbie. Yeah. Kind of man. what are your, some of your thoughts there, bud? Um Yeah, I didn't really like think that was a big deal. <laughs> Cause a lot of people were just like kind of ignoring <laughs> like American Ferrera uh as a nomination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um like I thought Margot Robbie was great in that movie. I just think that this year had a lot of really great performances by actresses in a leading role. So, um, and I think that's really evident by just like killers of the flower moon and poor things. Um, I haven't seen maestro or anatomy of a fall. Like I'm Nyad is getting all these nominations and I don't even know like for all these like acting nods. I don't even, I haven't heard of it. Um, so I guess it's about the Olympic marathon swimmer Diana Nyad. So oh. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Uh, and Annette Benning plays Diana Nyad, which is oh. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess they de-age her. De-age her? I, I mean, guess. Wait, well, how old is this, uh, this woman? Is she like past? She's 65. Um. <clears throat> Like in the movie or like you're no, I don't know how old uh, the the swimmer is, um, but yeah, I don't know. But Annette Benning is sixty five. Um, okay, good for you, girl. <laughs> Diana Nyad, but yeah, I just think it's gonna go to Lily Gladstone. I don't really think um, 
anyone else. I mean, other it's either Lily Gladstone or Emma Stone, and I don't have to see the other three movies on this list to tell you that. Um, okay, I agree. I agree. <laughs> The winner's gonna have stone in their name, their last name. Oh, that's true. Like, like, it's gonna be a stone. It's either Gladstone exactly. or Emma Stone. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe that's like the a little spoiler. She's gonna be a, a glad a Gladstone. <laughs> Emma Stone's not. So, uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that it's it's definitely hers to lose. Like she turned in like honestly like a damn near perfect performance um, in a crazy good movie. I think it's just she's got all the momentum right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to animated feature film. Big one for you. Are. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. <sighs> okay, Charlie. <laughs> you know I had some thoughts on this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Have I seen the other three? Absolutely not. Although, there's a reason for that. Usually my family feels like I watch a lot of movies on my own. So when they have the opportunity to include me, they decide not to because they assume that I've already seen it. So (laughs) that happened for like Big Hero City. A lot of times like Disney movies. And apparently Elemental was the same way. They all went to go to the movie theater to watch this movie. My mom was crying. She was like, it was so good. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I was just sitting around doing nothing. So uh, thanks for that, fam. But uh, I think, for me, my favorite movie of last year was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And so with that being said, I've been just heartbroken year after year, like recently when it comes to the Oscars. And like yourself, I talked to Pratt. She... Freaking loves The Boy and the Heron. It's her number two Studio Ghibli film now of all time. And other people were like, yeah, dude, like, I love that movie. And I don't understand. I'm, I'm convinced I fell asleep at some point in time because it just does not make sense to me. I I, I liked I could... it. It kind of has gr- – it's really grown on me more. I don't think it's like – I think I said on the our podcast on it. I don't think it was like my favorite Ghibli film, but I did it. I, I did like it a lot. It was very meta, very, very meta. Boo. I like meta. I usually like meta, but this one, it, it, it missed the mark. Critics also really the like the, the boy and the heron. I think out of all of these, it received the most acclaim from critics. Um, that being said, uh, I heard Elemental was not good at all. So, um, to, so I didn't even, I skipped it. Like I didn't even want to see it because I heard it was mm-hmm. not great. Um, I heard that they did not put like any money into their marketing budget, and that's what like really tanked it. Yeah, but critics hated it. Like it did not score well amongst critics. Like so, I was just what? yeah, and like a critic I liked did not like the movie at all. Mm. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll just pass on this one because I typically like Pixar and like we'll go and, yeah. and see like a Pixar movie, but not every one of their movies are hits and it is rare for them to drop duds, but I thought I heard elemental was kind of their like first big dud in a while. So I just kind of skipped it. So it's surprising Mm. to see it nominated for best feature film must've been a light year. Let's just, let's just call it that (laughs) for animated films. Um, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really say too much more other than I'm like kind of surprised after everything I heard about the movie. Uh, do, I okay. do think the two front runners are probably Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and the Boy in the Heron. Um, I think those are Charlie, your current front runners. I want you to know if Spider-Man loses, 
I'm going to text you immediately. I'm going to turn off my, my television and I'm going to go to bed. So, <laughs> Dang, not even going to stay up for the best picture. Nope. Nope. Dude, I can, okay, me. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can see them giving it to the boy in the hair and just to kind of give it to Hayao Miyazaki as like, this is like he's finally retiring. He'll just give him the, the Oscar. I'm telling you, I think he's like already working on the next script. I don't think he's done. I think he got like a taste again. He's like an addict, dude. He like got it, got it back. And he's like, oh, hold up now. I forgot how good this was. <laughs> so, yeah, don't do that, Academy. Think this one through. I think, I, I you know, I could see him winning for that. Like, I, I think in my predictions, I'll probably put it down. Um, I would like to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse win, though, because I really loved that movie. And I'm, like, super excited for the next part in that series because, like, it really ended on a cliffhanger. The animation was excellent. There was a really good character development. It was just a well-rounded film and, like, so many different, like, I don't know. And, like, I guess the animation style uh, it's like was just, it was just, it was just kind of breathtaking. It was really good. And, yes. uh, yeah, I loved it a lot. So I, I do hope it wins. Um, I can see it going to the boy in the hair and though, just to kind of be like Hollywood's giving it to Miyazaki, an industry legend, you know, I will be, I, as much as I love Miyazaki, I'll be sick to my stomach. I will turn the television off and I don't know when I will turn the television back on again in life <laughs> never yeah never never but okay hopefully avoiding that downer <laughs> moving on to cinematography which i know is one of your favorite categories mm. the nominees are el Condi, killers of the flower moon maestro oppenheimer and poor things oh charlie 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 what for me it's a clear here? winner clear winner oh. poor Uh-oh, things clear. Poor things. Poor okay, things. break it down for me. I know. I think you've seen some of these movies. Like, why? Why that one among others? Um, because it used its cinematography more than just. It was like it used it as a storytelling device, and okay. or at least the way that I kind of interpreted the film. And, you know, it broke the film up into three acts, and it used cinematography to almost like display and show those acts differently first act is in black and white second act is blown out pascal colors almost like painting dream-esque the third act is a little bit more grounded in uh you know because you know that because that's when the movie's starting to explore kind of like a little bit more of like maturing themes in you know as one person grows so the movie becomes a little bit more grounded and the shots return to a little bit of less of like that dreamlike sense it seems more realistic rather than the previous points in the movie being like surreal and the cinematography all plays a role in like these storytelling devices and i love that incorporation of it and yeah it's just like and the camera shots are great i love the way that you know yorgos lanthimos kind of like directs his cinematographer to like capture like some like these dead angles and like the interesting use of the rule of thirds and the way that he like puts his subjects in like the lower corners and the quadrants much like you would see if you ever saw like mr robot the way that they kind of had these really like awkward shots but like they would put their subjects not in the center of the frame but like towards like the bottom right or bottom left of the corner and like he experimented with a little bit of that in poor things so i just think it's gonna win cinematography. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now I would love to see that for you. And that's the one I would love to see, I think, win as well. Only problem is I think there's another, like, a, there's a shark in the water. Some blood in the water, and a shark is circling, and that shark is Oppenheimer. Because, as I guess we'll discuss in a later episode, just the way the story is constructed, stories within stories, they use the black and white, they use the color. They do. Especially thinking about, like, the bomb. Like, mm. that's... It's a whole lot of build up, and it's. I feel like you can you can get some people that way. Like you can make some believers just because you're kind of holding out, holding out, holding out. They want to see this thing, and then they finally, finally see it. So, I would love, absolutely love for Portland to win. I thought that was a breathtaking mm-hmm. kind of display of just mastery when it comes to cinematography. But at the same time, my only problem with Oppenheimer for like cinematography is that like. It looked like a Nolan movie, you know? Like, the cinematography mm. kind of just looked like a Christopher Nolan film. Whereas, poor things, while the shots, like some certain camera angles and, like, certain techniques had trademarks to, like, a Yorgos Lanthimos film, but, for like, a, an actual, like, colors and the way that lighting was used, I thought that was incredibly different and was a little bit more um, original to poor things rather than it being like, oh, another Yorgos Lanthimos film. Because I, I typically find that a lot of his movies in particular um, use a lot, a lot, a lot like duller and flatter shots, a lot of duller colors. Uh, but poor things is kind of almost like the opposite of that. Um, Absolutely. So I thought it was like, yeah, interesting and. As I said, Oppenheimer does use the black and white to like some effect to kind of like break up like the story within the story kind of thing to like show you that this is a different time or whatever. Um, but yeah, to me, it just kind of looked like a Nolan film. I don't know if that's necessarily a negative or knock against it. It's been nominated clearly, but um, I just thought Poor Things did a better job and utilized its cinematography better than Oppenheimer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair. Totally fair. Like I said, I would. That's the outcome I would love to see. Yeah, absolutely. Still, Speaking of yeah. Nolan, though, yes, Nolan and his direction. <laughs> moving on to the directing category, yes. where the nominees are Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall. You have Martin Scorsese with Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and then Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Once again, this was a category racked with controversy. In that there was one individual who was left off and her film scored a billion dollars at the bottom. Not to say that obviously your your revenue determines anything, but um, Greta Gerwig, yeah. not on the list. How do you feel about that one there? Um, Greta Gerwig not being on there, like, I don't know. It's uh, for not nominated for Best Director. I mean, I think she had a good, like, fun movie. Um, it's just the thing though, is like it was like a fun movie about a toy. Like, was it supposed mm. to rack up all the it was like a well done movie. Uh um, yes. it's just like I think it's really hard to kind of stack it against the movies that are here nominated for or people or directors that are nominated. Like um I, I've seen three of these five Anatomy of a Fallen Zone of Interest I have not seen. But I don't. I know what the zone of interest is about. I don't really know what anatomy of a fall is about. Um, 
So I guess it's about to prove her innocence. It's about a woman proving her innocence over the unexpected death of her husband. Sounds like, mm. I don't know. The, I guess like the subject matter for a lot of these movies is a little bit more serious. And uh, yeah. like, you know, Barbie is a little bit more of like a fun movie about a toy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has other themes, obviously. I get that. But like, you know, when you break it down to its bare bones, like it's a it's a movie about a doll. Like, you know, it's an ad for a corporation. Um <laughs> Hot that made a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that being said, going back to the topic at hand. So, like, it, it's hard to say because I haven't seen these other two movies. I think that, the like, I think the people that of the of the films that I have seen, I think the people deserve to be nominated here. Um, Christopher Nolan, I mean, you know, I'm not his biggest fan. Like, uh, as I think it has been made very clear, I'm the biggest fan of his movies. Um, I know we haven't talked our episode on Oppenheimer. I do think that was one of his better movies in recent years. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of his movies are pretty overrated. Um, so, I mean, he, I thought Dunkirk was good. And I liked Oppenheimer. Um, but I know you absolutely love Inception. Oh, absolutely love Inception. That's a stupid movie. It's like everyone (laughs) thinks it's so good. It's not. Oh my gosh. Um, it's like a well put together. It's like a fun movie to watch, but like you know, any level of scrutiny in that movie is just like falls apart from like a narrative perspective. And I don't think any performance. And we're not talking Inception right now. Um. Okay. Back to the topic. Um, So, directing. I mean, for me, I think it's Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Um, I could see The Dark Horse being Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. um, Just because, you know, uh, that is, like, I think that's the Dark Horse pick of the best pictures as well as Killers of the Flower Moon. So I typically... Best director, well, that the best picture is also whoever won best director. It's very rare that isn't the case. Um, it has happened in like the last yeah. like five or seven years or whatever, but um, it's rare. I think the last time that it didn't happen was when Moonlight won best picture. The Damien Chazelle won best director, but La La Land did not win best picture. Um, Although when Coda won, what was that, two years ago? Yeah. Who won Best Director? Because it was not. Well, I guess it wasn't because I don't think Coda was even nominated for Best Director. Yeah, I don't think it was. Who won? Great freaking movie. I know, I'm trying to think. What was the big movie, like the big draw? Because Everything Everywhere All at Once is the year after. Wait, was it? No. Because that was the year Brad Pitt won. Because Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was there. Um, why am I blanking? It was Chloe Zhao for... Oh. But no, because she that movie was for Nomadland, and that totally won Best that, Picture. Best Picture, yeah. So I guess I, could, I, guess I gotta go 2022 Best Director. Jane yeah. Camp, okay. Jane, it was Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog, there you go. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, yes. Um. Oh man, what a time. Mm-hmm. What a time. So your pick is Yorgos Lanthimos with Scorsese as the Dark Horse. Yeah, what about you? 
I think I got to give it to Nolan on this one, buddy. Really? Sorry, well, explain, going. explain. It's not necessarily the pick I want to win. It's the pick I imagine will win. I think it's just, once again, you're, you're feeding into the biopic. Truthfully, I will say from a storytelling perspective, like I was engaged in like the entire movie, and it's not a short movie. Obviously, it's not as long as Scorsese's Killer of the Black. It moves Black at a really movie. rapid pace, and it has like almost like this legal drama to it. Um, mm-hmm. Even though you're not really yeah. told that it's a legal drama or like what is being on trial until like the literal last third of the movie, Absolutely. you're just kind of like a little confused for the most part, which is like <sighs> Nolan. My biggest criticism of Christopher Nolan is that he does too much nonlinear storytelling. It is like in every single movie he does with the exception of the Dark Knight trilogy. You're right. He insists upon himself. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> he is somebody who constantly problem. does it. He I think he started well on obviously Memento is a perfect is a perfect example of nonlinear storytelling. The prestige sort of uh, Yeah, it's a back and forth back and forth kind of deal. It's, yeah, it's back and forth. I don't really remember Inception if he does. Uh, it is kind of like because there are like parts where you start out like looking at the end because the very first shot is of I think Leo on the beach and oh, he's yeah. brought into those guys and the older guy and it's like the whole movie is basically kind of Dunkirk does it for whatever reason. Like it is mm. constantly jumping around between moments in time. Um, What's to keep the viewer on their toes, Charlie? I guess he doesn't do it with Interstellar. Never saw Interstellar. It's okay. It it kind of has a really bad ending. Um, It was it's good up until like the ending of the movie. It's just he's overrated. He's an overrated director that everybody loves because they think they are somebody who like knows a lot about movies and they're like, I love Christopher Nolan. I love, I absolutely love. They're just full of themselves. Like, he's just the best director. He's just the best. <laughs> he's just the best. There's no one who can match him. Like, I, his movies are fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, he's a little overrated. Um, but, like, he does it again with Oppenheimer, where it's just like, a lot of, like, nonlinear storytelling because he loves doing that. And I'm, and, and even as going through those examples, it doesn't sound like he does it all that often. But it feels like with definitely the last two, Tenant. I've never seen Tenant. Does he do it in Tenant, or is it like really nonlinear? Oh, I freaking can't. I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate Tenant, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he kind of does it in Tenant a little. Like he, inc- he like incorporates it such that like the ending is the like the start, and then this like that's like I feel like his his, his usual formula. Like the like the first scene is the last scene that you're gonna ultimately be led up to, and then it's how yeah. we get to there. So he with, goes like, from Dunkirk to Tenant to Oppenheimer, all of which are like these ridiculous nonlinear stories. Which Dunkirk to me that was the biggest negative of that movie because it had no business being nonlinear. It was a movie about a historical event, which I guess Oppenheimer is too. But like, at least the framing works a little bit better in a Oppenheimer. But Dunkirk, I just thought was stupid that it kept jumping 
forward and backwards and forward and backwards to tell the story of this event. I'm like, just tell the damn story, dude. Like, I don't want to, like, jump back and forth and, like, have to keep track of a plane in the sky to determine what point in time it is. (laughs) So stupid. Dang, Charlie. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen you so animated. So annoyed. And I liked Dunkirk. I thought that was one of his better (laughs) movies. I just thought that was the biggest negative of that film. Ugh. Dang. So dumb. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is—I don't know what it is. Nolan, I just haven't seen many of it. Like I've never seen Memento, never seen Interstellar, never seen Dunkirk. I've only ever seen like the Batman's Inception. I've seen Oppenheimer and like a couple others. A Prestige, like, but yeah, he doesn't draw me in necessarily. Like, I won't say no to his movie, but I'm not going out of my way necessarily to see it either. I mean, people loved the Batman trilogy. People love the Dark Knight. People love Inception. And for the most yes. part, people have pretty positive, pers- like, perspe- like opinions on Interstellar and Dunkirk. Um, yes. So. I've enjoyed the the movies, with the exception of Tenet, that he has made. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen Tenet. Don't think I ever will. Yeah, you can pass that one. That's. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I've never not understood a movie until seeing Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I tried. I looked it up on Wikipedia. <sighs> I was trying to figure out what was going on. Bad news. Bad news. Turns out Wikipedia bad. didn't even know. <laughs> they were like, oh, I think it's this. But <laughs> check here. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, and I think that boils down to multiple things, but writing is one of them. And speaking of writing, I know we have like three more categories. Yeah. Getting into writing an adapted screenplay. Uh, the nominees are American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. All right, Charlie, who's who's getting the, the old golden statue? Adapted screenplay. All right, so I think it's going to... So this is tough, actually. These nominees are all pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Ooh, boy. Oh, yeah, wow, that's real tough. The only one I haven't seen here is Zone of Interest, but of the other four I have, and all of these are very competitive. Um, yes. I might go with either Barbie or Poor Things. Interesting. Do you have one like over the other or just like equally... Poor things, because that's just like my film of the year. Um, But Barbie is just because the dialogue is really great. And um, I mean, that's just because of the talents of Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, husband wife duo. Um, So, and like, I mean, just the way that. I mean, I know Noah's dialogue is just was really exquisite. It's really realistic, but like you could definitely tell um, where Greta, because I mean, I've seen a lot of Greta Gerwig's movies, and she typically writes her movies. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just really t- like Barbie just had really great dialogue interactions. Uh, I guess they didn't write the songs, but you know, like the songs and the, it, it's like hilarious while. Um, you know, tackling uh, like 
I guess you know interesting issues and uh, but the thing yes. is like you know uh, you know I guess the other movies kind of do that too but um, I don't know it, it, it's tough but it's tough between all all of these <laughs> what about you what do you got okay my my top two were American Fiction and Poor Things okay I yeah it gets you I think American I prefer... Fiction Dark Horse that's what I'm saying I just <laughs> feel like as an adaptation like I think it could it has a good shot. Um, but poor things again, like that movie, I gave it to you. I, it was like a, a wild zany movie, but there's something so compelling about it. So it's also like, I mean, I know it's based on a book, but it is an incredibly original like take yes. on, uh, on that. So, or like, I guess it's like Frankenstein, but, um, it was a unique kind of story and I don't know how much the movie is related to the book, but, uh, the movie is like it's just really it feels so original i don't know mm-hmm. no i i agree i agree and i was gonna say something oh and also just just the dialogue like just the mm-hmm. like it was comedic but it was also kind of like a little dark at points yeah. and it's just i think they succeed i mean and obviously i know a lot of that is due to a the performers in addition to just the writers but i think that they'd all work together so seamlessly that if there were any flaws, they covered for each other, and it was just a great, great flick all around. Oh, man. All right. So, writing original screenplay. You know, I'm looking at the nominees here. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen a single one of these. So, you got Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, Past Lives. I am all about possibly passing over this one until I am more informed if that works for you. Original screenplay? Yes. Yep, definitely passing up for that one. I just looked and I was like, yeah, I haven't seen them. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, would you look at it? We're in our final category, Best Picture. And as they've been doing for the last couple of years, I think it's like, what, almost 10 nominees? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 10? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Sometimes they do 9. (laughs) Yeah. I think last year was a 9 year. Mm -hmm. Um, But all right, the nominees are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. Okay, Charlie. Final category of the night. The biggest one, you might say. Biggest one. Who is your winner? I think we all know from the other ways I've been predicting, but the winner for me, best picture so far out of the ones I've seen, which is half of these, I guess. Let me, let me actually look. One, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, perfectly half. Yeah, five. Yeah, half. Um, is poor things. Oh, I didn't think you were gonna say that. Wow, wow. really? Okay. No way. Yeah. Didn't. Okay, Are you yeah. being sarcastic? I mean, I, no. I'm, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. I thought you were gonna like. I thought it was your favorite movie, but I thought you were gonna say something different for the best picture. I still. Okay, I mean, okay. it's, it can be my favorite, and also can be best picture. Um, Fair. Like it's my best picture. That's that's the point here. And I do think it has yep. a really good shot of winning. Uh, I do too. I think it's probably the dark horse of the night. Really, the dark horse of the night for me is Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, okay. Expand on that. Uh, why why Killers? Um, because I do think uh, outside of biopics, the Academy does love uh like historical recountings of um mm. of you know events like killers of the flower moon is is that a historical uh recounting of the osage murders um 
And it's also the kind of the story of how the FBI was created, uh, which is True. what the book is actually more of a focus on, whereas the movie focused primarily more on like Leonardo DiCaprio and his like family and like how they were committing like the murders and stuff, and like a focus on like that side of it. Um, but from my understanding, the book is like from the investigation side. Um, mm -hmm. So. I can see that as kind of like the dark horse winner of the of the night. It is a really good. It's like probably my second so far, second best film of the year. Like I know a lot of people are putting a lot of hype around Oppenheimer. I know it's won or been nominated for the most Oscars of the night. Um, I just you know like not even my biases against Nolan here. I just don't think it's. Mm -hmm as good as killers of the flower moon are poor things i agree i agree that oppenheimer shouldn't win i feel like there's a lot of good contenders in there uh among them obviously poor things killers of the flower moon american fiction but i just i've seen the i've seen the writing on the wall man and i think it's gonna go to oppenheimer i just so i mean okay you think it's gonna go to oppenheimer which would be a bummer because i don't think is the best picture this year. I just don't. No. Um, uh -uh. It should go to either killers or poor things, in my opinion. But what What about you, Palmer? Like, outside of, like, so what do you think is truly the best picture? You know, not okay. the one that you I'm think tied. is going to win, but necessarily okay, yeah, what yeah, you yeah, think okay. is the best picture out of the ones you've seen so far. I'm tied between poor things and American fiction. I really liked American fiction. Um... But you know what I'm kind of surprised about? A snub. And I'm, again, just Spider-Man. my, like, soapbox here. You better believe it, Charlie. <laughs> Where is Spider-Man across the What was the last time, like, like, an animated film was actually nominated for Best Picture, not Best Animated Picture? Or at least both. I want to say, say it was Up. Oh, yeah. I forgot Up was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Hmm. Goodness. But that's, but I mean, it's, 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 it's hard because I feel like we've talked about this in the past. Uh, just animation as a medium allows you to kind of do some intricate and different, different storytelling. But just when it comes to that, like, like you said, when it comes to like Barbie, Barbie's a fun movie, but why is Barbie not considered necessarily an Oscar worthy movie? Like maybe that's what we need to have is just the transition of the Oscars from being just like an overarching award to more of like an art house kind of award. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's kind of what at least the last few years has won out. Uh, I feel like they're kind of starting to return to form with some of the like the bigger budgets like in Oppenheimer, but I'm still kind of curious to see if that's ultimately where the trend continues. Um, but yeah, no, I do not think Oppenheimer should win. I think it will win though. And if you said Poor Things or um, American Fiction won, I'd be super stoked. I'd be I'd be good. I think American Fiction was really good. I don't know. I mean, I think it deserves to be like a nominee. I don't know if it'll get that win, but it was a good yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm an optimistic. <laughs> I'm an optimistic, but yeah, appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> um, it was good. Um, I still, I still think like Poor Things has a really good shot because if you look at the Globes, it won. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Oppenheimer did too because they do the weird two categories. Yeah, the musical or a comedy versus just like a, I guess a drama. Movie. Yeah, so Poor Things won the musical or a comedy, and Oppenheimer won the drama. So like to me, these are like the two front runners going into the 
the Oscars. I don't know who won like the BAFTAs or anything like that. Um, probably tell you. I want to say it was Oppenheimer. I want to say it was Oppenheimer. Really? Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I told you, man. Writing's on the wall, buddy. Yeah, it did win best pick. Wow, and Emma Stone won best actress. Interesting. Mm, okay, maybe Lily Gladstone doesn't have it. A stone is gonna win. We've already said it. Yeah, I still think win. it's gonna be Lily Gladstone, though. Um, I do too. I do too. I still think it will. Hmm. Goodness. I guess we'll have to. see. I guess we'll have to see. Absolutely. All right. Is that all the uh, the awards we're gonna cover off on tonight? Um, I know we'll. Uh, do a recap after the ceremony. Talk about who won, who lost, compared to what our predictions were tonight. I know there's a couple of categories we didn't really cover off on, but uh, we kind of hit all the major ones. So, <laughs> sorry, all the other categories. Oh my gosh! Yeah, next year. There's not enough time to cover every uh, every category, and some of these, uh, like I don't know. Um. Like costume design, like I, know, like, I, I haven't seen. Yeah, I, I don't have any frame of reference for what would be super good versus not. They all look great. Yeah. You all are incredible. <laughs> they all do great work. <laughs> you're, you're all incredible. <laughs> hey, gold star for everybody out here. Yeah. Um, all right, Palmer. Well, with that being that, I guess we wait now until the Oscars and see kind of how we did with our good old predictions thank you so much for listening everybody this has been the what you got podcast we're your host charlie bud and join with me as always is the wonderful jordan palmer you can catch our episodes every wednesday evening a new day as we moved into this new year be sure to follow us on social media palmer you can let us let the people know where they can find us you can find us on Instagram at What You Got Podcast, which is spelled W H A T C H A, or on Twitter slash X at What You Got Cast, which is spelled the same way. And next week, we're going to discuss Oppenheimer right before the Oscars, the big movie going in and the potential front runner to kind of take home a lot of the awards on Oscar night. We're going to discuss Oppenheimer, what we thought about it, let you all know. And then we got the Oscars. So we'll be definitely covering that once that comes out. And until next time, see you all later.